Live from Ceridian Insights, we're talking with top industry executives and changemakers. Be inspired, connect, and learn. Here are your hosts, William Tincup and Mark Pfeffer. All righty, here we go. Here we go. Um, so we're at Ceridian Insights and uh, having, obviously, you can probably hear in the background uh, the, some of the noise. We're in the Expo Hall, uh, their partner uh, Expo Hall. So um, why don't we do some introductions first? So Josiah, would you do a, fa- uh, a favor and introduce yourself and your company and tell sure. us a little bit about yourself? Absolutely. Yes. Uh, Josiah Mills. I am the practice lead uh, for BDO. We are a North American-based uh, uh, system integrator of the Ceridian Dayforce technology. Uh, Ceridian is near and dear to my heart. I've been working with the technology for about 10 years now in varying capacities, um, but uh, really excited to chat today. Yeah. And go ahead, Mark. Why did you come? Yeah, great, great question. Um, for 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 us, you know, um, this is a this is a mix of my old life and my new life, right? You know, I, I spent about seven years at Ceridian, and so catching up with old friends was always good. But uh, Ceridian is primed uh, for partner relationships, growth in the marketplace, and the only way they're going to be able to do that is they need to continue to build the amazing technology but they need partners like us uh, to help um, drive some of that growth as well. So we are one of, of one of Australian strategic growth partners. And so it was really a lot about activating um, that in the marketplace, talking about strategies of how can we do that more effectively. You know, I don't think the market, especially practitioners, I don't think they know system integrators as well as they should. Yeah. Now, that could be some of branding, we're not marketing to them, uh, okay. And it could be just that just the technology companies do such a great job of marketing and selling yeah. that it just it drowns out. But if I, if I if I were to pull a practitioner aside and say name five, you know, SIs, I'm not sure a practitioner could name five yeah. outside of a Deloitte or you know right. something like that, yeah. right? So why don't we go into the world of system integrations, SIs? Sure. Tell us what that world's like. Yeah, absolutely. So so really, what we focus on is we help clients drive value out of their technology investments. And I think that's probably the easiest way to say it. Um, if you think about it, the reputation that a technology gets by an organization is, is, is a combination of two things. One is the actual technology, but then two is how it's implemented uh, for them. Um, I think back to, you know, we'll talk like Microsoft Teams, for example. You may talk to one organization, they're like, we love this thing. You may talk to another one, it's like, ah, not, it doesn't really work for us. And it's not because the technology is different, it's because it's been implemented differently, right? And so where us as system integrators get involved is that we're driving day one ROI value for our customers by implementing the technology the right way the first time, right? Um, And so that's really where we specialize. Um, Now, there are various flavors of how system integrators do that. We can bring complementary offerings like change management, driving adoption, things like that. Uh, An industry focus to say we are the manufacturing and distribution experts and we know how to land Ceridian Dayforce in that context. Um, so there's, you can kind of think of a variety of permutations and combinations, and each one of us has our niche. Um, it allows us to play very well in the marketplace where, you know, there isn't that type of cannibalism. We all kind of know where we play, and, uh, and, and we actually celebrate successes of other partners because as we grow, the brand grows, and as the brand grows, we grow, and as we grow, the brand grows, right? So it's, uh, it's, it's, uh, it's a very collaborative environment across the system integrators. Um, technology being technology, things are always evolving. And I'm wondering, what do you see evolving among you know your customers and, and users, and how are you having to 
modify your approach to deal with it? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it, uh, I'm, I'm going to attack that question from two different fronts. The first is, when you think about an implementation project, what I've seen in my career is typically an organization will do an implementation for about six months and then they won't touch it for two years. And then they'll go back to that technology and try to do a bit of a get current project and then they won't touch it for two years. Uh, we're, we're, we're breaking the model where it's let's get current and stay current. So it's not just what we're doing at the time of implementation. We're giving you strategies and the roadmap of how to stay on the cutting edge of your technology investments, right? I think that's the first thing. And, and to me, that's how my job is shifting in terms of driving implementation value. The second thing, though, is more of how the technology is changing. And you know, right now, data is king. And, and data is so important. And so how do we look at data markers? Think about you know, DE&I. How do we allow that to sort of impact the entire hire to retire cycle? Um, previously, you weren't capturing diversity information when a candidate applied. You only did that when they became an, when they became an employee, right? But with, 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 with the way data is shaping the way we use our tools, we're actually moving some of those markers upstream. Why? It's because the way to drive a DE&I initiative isn't just when people become employees. You have to be making sure you're reaching out to the right candidate base, right? And so we're driving some of those markers sort of from the candidate experience all the way through to the, to, to the employee experience. So for us, it's really that integration of data across the platform. And the way to do that effectively is you really need a single solution managing the entire scope of, of services. Have you, have y'all considered or do you already currently do kind of a managed service uh, approach to technology? Like, could you actually, if, if a customer wanted you to manage the instance of Dayforce? Yeah, yeah. Um, so, so, so we've been ideating on that for a little bit, yeah. and 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 where the challenge is, or where the hiccup point is, is in ninety nine percent of use cases. Yes, absolutely. When you have a critical payroll failure and you need to pay people within the next hour, otherwise people aren't going to get their direct deposits or their checks printed you need to talk to the person that owns the database. And that still is retained by Ceridian. And so right now we're trying to figure out sort of that decision tree, but absolutely the future of this is having partners to be able to run Ceridian services soup to nuts. Right. Yeah. So uh, I studied user adoption for about five years of my life and implementations in particular. And a frustrating term for me that I really never got over was go live. Yeah. Because it was kind of a false idea of this little time that yep. everything's going to be, and then, and then after that, okay. But also kind of discovered in that process that user adoption is important, but user satisfaction is critical. Correct. It's like on the other side of that is, a, yes, you need to, them to adopt and consume and use, got it. But you also want them to be happy, yep. right? So what do y'all, as y'all approach with your clients, how do you approach kind of user, not just the adoption part? Of yeah. The, I know you know. I know you're already into that. Yep. But how do you get it to that happiness and Customer satisfaction? Yeah. yeah, absolutely. I'll, I'll I'll give you a story. I was working on a project while I was at Ceridian uh, for a uh, for a U.S. based grocery organization, and we were about to do some training, and uh, we were, we flew down there to do our training, and the HR director like was just like she uh, like pit of her stomach. She was so nervous. I was like, What are you nervous about? Like we 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 you know we're we're here to train. It's gonna be great. And she's like. If we don't get this right, we are impacting the lives and the families of all of our employees. And I was like, unpack that for me a little bit. She said, if someone is frustrated using our technology at the end of their day, they're taking that energy home, right? If we don't design for people in mind, 
they're taking their laptop home and they're going to be running reports or taking on sort of things that they should be doing during their day-to-day day-to-day lives at work and so to me it was an eye-opening moment to say what we do here it's not rocket science but it matters right and so I think driving that user adoption and, 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 and kind of user sentiment it starts at the discovery point. And, and what I mean by that is um, a guiding principle that we use in our implementations is that we're doing this for the business, not to the business. We have to design with people at the center and we have to incorporate feedback throughout the entire project. Oftentimes what you'll find is a project team says, uh, this is what we're going to be doing. And uh, there's a grand reveal at that magical go-live moment and you can fall flat on your face. We interject end user feedback throughout the entire process to sense check us to make sure, hey, are we on the right line? Are we hitting the mark? Um, that's kind of the, the, the proactive. Now, now what we do after, again, that magical moment of go live is we actually use a combination of surveys um, to measure feedback. We do some baselines and we do some check-ins at one week past go live, two weeks past go live, a month, three months, six months, a year. We put those tools in our customers' hands as well to say, how much are we moving the needle, right? We establish our KPIs to determine what success looks like and then we measure back. Now again, when you measure back and you ask for feedback, you now have the responsibility to do something with that feedback, right? And so this all becomes sort of part of our program or the strategy of how we stay current. It's hear the feedback, there's this report that they need. What's the timeline to get that report in place? How do we, how do we roll that out? That's that stay current part of the get current, stay current philosophy. So, I, as I said, a research implementation and did a bunch of work uh, with vendors and kind of getting them into a kind, of a, a kind of a cadence. Once the bell rings, you've sold something, okay, now what? And how do you actually go all the way through to user satisfaction? One of the things I discovered in almost all implementations, in fact, I used, when I was speaking at conferences, I used to have this kind of a parlor uh, trick, really, is a kind of a, I could say one word, and every one of you will fall down on the floor, get in the fetal position, and suck on your thumb. And people would look at me and start laughing. I'm like, implementation. And you know, and everyone, everyone in HR recruiting, everyone's had and been through, let's just say not a perfect implementation. We'll just leave it at that, right? But what I, when I was researching, uh, we, we did a really, really in-depth uh, research project. There was something that kind of came out that really kind of still stuck with me, is the inevitable disaster that did every implementation, no matter what, and there's always something that's kind of unforeseen. Yeah. You know, in the sales process, the customer says, oh, our data is, our data is perfect, you know, we're coming off of this other system, et cetera. You get into the implementation, yeah. you're pulling that data in, it's like, it's, it's not quite right. Not quite perfect, yeah. actually, it's not near perfect. Yeah. Um, but, but that inevitable disaster, again, it's inevitable. There's something there, and so when I talk to practitioners, I'm like, there's no one that's going to be perfect. So when, when you're working with an SR, you're working with a, a technology vendor, you're always going to have some, it might be you, it might be them, it matters. Yep. What do y'all, well, first of all, that's probably not shocking news to you. No, ab- absolutely not. <laughs> absolutely not. Yes, there, there, is, there is always something that comes up that catches you off guard. And, and to me, frankly, that's what keeps this job fresh, right? Uh, it, it's always these new challenges that we're going to face, um, either, either in terms of... Um, realizing value through technology or bumps in the road during implementation. Um, the, uh, the, the analogy I use with our, with our prospects and our clients is the Sherpa analogy, right? I've, I've scaled this mountain a hundred times before. Um, I know a little bit more than you do, yeah. uh, but I don't know it all, 
right? And so it's, you could go this alone and you may end up at the top and you're going to get a bunch of bumps, bruises, you know, take an inefficient path, take twice as long to get there. Uh, my job is to minimize the amount of hurt that you're going to experience. My job is to try to get you there as easy as possible. Now, it's still going to be difficult. It's still going to be difficult. You're like, you're, you're, you're not going to, you're not going to like piggyback on me and I'm not carrying you up the mountain. I'm guiding you up the mountain. Right. right? And so because of that, the goal is we want to build trust early in the process. The way we do that is actually a little bit counter, uh, counterintuitive. Uh, we challenge the status quo. We will tell you when we think you are thinking about something incorrectly. We are going to bring that forward. You expect that from us. You don't want a yes person. You want someone that is actually guiding you on this journey. And so we do that actually during the sales cycles. Now we'll hear something. We'll say, yes, we can do that, but we don't think that that's the right approach. Here's here's what this has led to in the past. Here's what we think is a better approach, right? And, 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 and we still may not see eye to eye, but it's our job to bring those insights forward. Now, what that does is it builds a significant amount of capital so that when you hit the oh no moment in the project, it's not a oh no finger pointing, blaming, everything goes off the rails. It's oh no, we avoided a lot up until this point. Here is a point that we're being challenged. Let's rally together to overcome this, right? It's, it's funny when I've explained that to practitioners, I've said this is where you your chemistry, also empathy, and uh, you, you understand that, okay, it could be, again, they could have missed a meeting, you could have missed a meeting, there could be something technical, whatever the, in the when we say disaster, that's not really, whatever the hiccup is, it's like you, 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 you've got to trust that Sherpa, right? You've got to right. love that analogy, actually. Um, so one of the things I wanted to ask you is, uh, back to the company real quick, it's BPO. Canada. BDO Canada. BDO yep. Canada, Canada. Is the outside of Canada though, yeah? Yes. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So, so, so everyone's kind of familiar with the term, the big four. Right. Uh, if it was the term that was the big five, BDO would be the fifth logo. We are the fifth largest accounting and advisory firm in the world. We have, a, we have 100,000 employees across the globe. Uh, within Canada, we have about 4,500 uh, employees. We, uh, we're, we have just about the same in the U.S. And so uh, we have a global Ceridian implementation program with some of our counterparts in Europe, some in Australia. Uh, and so we, we, we show up on a lot of global deals that, uh, that Ceridian does. And you're focused on the HR ACM spot, uh, H- slice. Yes, so our team is HCM. Now with that being said, within our technology practice, we have ERP implementation right. teams, we have CRM, we have financial planning analysis. Right. We kind of do soup to nuts business applications. And so an additional piece of value that we bring is understanding how to land your HCM solution in your technology architecture, right? That's smart. Yeah. That's really, really smart. So, go ahead, Mark. Do you, um, do you find that the end user, the HR people, are they growing more sophisticated in terms of technology? Are they starting to challenge you guys a bit when you're implementing? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. That's a phenomenal question. I think that if you think about sort of just the changes in the composition of the workforce. The workforce is getting younger and the workforce is more technology forward. And because of that, traditionally where HR used to be, uh, I have a piece of paper that is my employee file. I stick it in this filing cabinet. That's how we manage our people. That's a very traditional approach, right? Newer, uh, newer joiners to the organizations are driving the use of technology uh, to be able to glean deeper insights that they once had, but also deliver a stronger digital experience. Um, if you think about you know, the, the, the workforce, and we're going to a bit philosophical here, but the workforce has now moved uh, to, to globalization, right? There's the tearing down of territorial boundaries, remote from work, uh, remote work proliferation. 
allows multinationals to hire people from anywhere. And so because of that, once local organizations, smaller organizations, you know, mom and pop type shops, they used to have local talent. Well, they're now playing in an ecosystem that multinationals are playing in as well. Why that's important is these multinationals are delivering a strong digital experience. They're enabling self-service. They're enabling employees to have more control over their careers. All organizations are now being challenged to keep up with that level of digital experience. And so we're finding that um, previously where we had to push the envelope to say, this is what you should be doing from a digital perspective, our HR practitioners are now saying, this is what we need and we need more. We need you to give us the roadmap of how we continue to compete, deliver that employee experience through digital solutions. So I want to get your take on two things. They're pretty similar, but one of them is how does a practitioner, how do they pick an SI? So how do they do that? And uh, tangential to that is what is your kind of general thought or feel for RFPs? Yeah, yeah. Two, two, two very good questions that strike near and dear to home. So, so, so with an SI, um, I, I, I'm the first person to say that we are not good at everything, but we're really good at a couple of things. Um, and I think that's very important. If, if an integrator comes to you and says, we are, are good at everything, they probably aren't, right? Um, I believe in differentiation and, and, and our strategies that we sell into industry, right? So we know how to land industry solutions for five key industries. And so for us, if you are in one of those industries, we think there's a very compelling value proposition. If you are not- And what are those five industries? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. manufacturing and distribution, mm -hmm. uh, energy and natural resources, not-for-profit, public sector and financial services. So, so, so if you're a retailer, for example, and you say, hey, Josiah, we're, we're, we're about to do a project um, and, uh, and, and we'd love your help. I said, I would say, I, like, absolutely, I can help you. That, that's not an issue. But I actually can make an introduction to one or two people that might be able to drive a little bit more value for you, right? Um, so so it's, a, it's, it's a very transparent strategy um, that we utilize and we find it resonates really well. Um, 100%. Yeah. I, I like it. Yeah. And, 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 and I think that that's... That's what I believe an SI should be doing because you're trying to convince a client that you're going to unlock uh, increased value than they can achieve elsewhere. You have to have a compelling message as to why, right? And if it's, we know this industry or we're specialists in these modules or domain areas, there has to be something as to why you're different than everyone else. That's my opinion. Well, your Sherpa example is a great example or a metaphor is a great thing. It's if someone says, instead of Mount Everest, if someone says, this mountain over here, can you help me climb this mountain? Yeah. You might be able to, yeah. but chances are you're going to make some mistakes along the way. Whereas Mount Everest, you've climbed it so many That's times. That's exactly right. Yeah. That's exactly right. Now, so, RFPs. Now, RFPs. R RFPs are uh, are a necessary evil in the world. I'll put it that way. Um, and, and, and are they? Okay, good. Um, the, the the reason why I say it is because there, there there's so much that goes into an RFP. RFPs can be very well intentioned. Um, in my in my previous firm, I actually put out a few RFPs on behalf of clients, and 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 we tried to operate with integrity. We tried to say give everyone a fair shot. This is not loaded for everyone. There's no preconceived notions. We really want to scan the market and find the best technology solution. When that happens, and you allow to put their best foot forward, the RFP process can be a wonderful process, right? Because it's an education point. I feel a but coming. Do you feel <laughs> but, a but? But, but, <laughs> but, uh, where RFPs get very sticky is I have a procurement rule that says I have to do some type of diligence, but I already know the solution that I right. want to use. Right. Uh, you're just wasting everyone's time, right? right? And, 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 and to me, I would, I would prefer to not be engaged there because the time and the capital that we're putting into that is taking away from value that we can add to someone else, right? And so that's why I say it, it's a necessary evil because of procurement rules. You know, there are specific mandates that are required, but to me, I prefer sort of a level of openness and transparency in the RFP process, and in those situations, it can work very well. 
You, yeah, the uh, the old game of RFPs is you always want to be column A. Yeah. You never yeah. want to be column B, C or D or E. Yeah. It's column fodder at that point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Mark, do you have anything else? No. Uh, well, actually, yes. <laughs> what do you see for the business, for your business, going forward mm-hmm. uh, in terms of areas that you might expand into, not just in terms of market, but also in terms of technology. Do you see your, do you see yourselves starting to get into new new areas of technology? Yeah, great, great, great question. Um, so we we are at this point we're remaining hyper focused on the on the space of human capital management, but it's about how do we then package that into platform solutions to drive value for organizations, right? Um, I'll give you an example. At BDO, we have a phenomenal technology or a, or a, a template. Uh, in our CRM practice, um, we've, we, we do a lot of work with childcare organizations and we, uh, we created a CRM skin for childcare called KinderSync and it allows parents to log in, view the status of their invoices, view reports on their, on, on their children. It allows um, the uh, childcare group to uh, manage the business through the platform. And so for us, what we're looking at in terms of like the next phase of our work with Ceridian and the HCM space is how do we then package Dayforce being a part of that ecosystem to say, if you are a childcare organization, here's your CRM platform, here's your HCM platform, here's your ERP platform, we've already designed it, it's integrated, and it's highly specialized for the business that you operate in, right? So it's more about how can we bring sort of a platform of solutions uh, to drive that integrated nature outside of just HCM. That's kind of the first thing I think is, is, is really key for us in terms of our growth. The second thing is that if we think about Ceridian as an organization, they're on a journey um, to, to, to work more and more with partners. And so uh, for us, it's actually less about expanding into other territories. It's more about maturing within the territories that we're in right now, right? Right now, if you there, there, there's, there's a balance or there's a ratio of Ceridian-led services deals versus partner-led services right. deals. And that pendulum is swinging. Right, and so we are we are trying to help um, help help be sort of one of the catalysts of growth by being a partner of choice to help yeah. move the needle in that and, area. And ultimately, as a technology company, they don't want to do what you're doing. Correct. I mean, they need to, yeah. especially early starter stage when you work there. They obviously needed to, but at one point, especially a publicly traded company, uh, they want other people to then be those Sherpas. That's absolutely correct. Yeah. Absolutely correct. I, you know, one of the things I love about your company is you're bringing to bear all of enterprise software. So it's how do we connect your financial, accounting, marketing, sales. HCM is important, but it's just one spoke in a much larger wheel. That's right. It's an important spoke. That's right. Right. Yeah. You'll, uh, you'll, you'll often hear us radio talk about sort of the benefits of the single solution, and that is a tremendous differentiator in the marketplace. But then there's one step further than that, because now you need to connect that employee data with your ERP. You need to connect your financials with your ERP. You need to connect your employee data with CRM. You need to think about sort of project tracking, grant funding, sort of all those things. And it's, it's an area where if you have um, a partner that understands how to stitch these systems together so they operate like one, uh, we're finding that that's something that the market is looking for as well. Drops my walks off stage. <laughs> Josiah, this has been absolutely fantastic. Yeah. Thank you so much for carving out time for us. Yeah, thank you for the opportunity. This has been great. And uh, yeah, great, it's great, great to meet you. Nice to meet you as well. Thank you for listening. Find out more at www.ceridian.com forward slash insights.